0: Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture reading for this morning is Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, as we gather here in your house, as we worship and we praise your name, speak to us through all of worship so that as we lift our praises high, that our hearts might be filled and that we would be transformed and leave this place not just as hearers of your word, but as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Disney's movie, The Rookie, traces the life of a high school science teacher who decides to maybe recapture an element of the glory of his youth as a professional baseball player with a dream that he thinks with a renewed arm that he can make it to the major leagues. And in fact, we know from the story that he does. But what I love about this story is his journey and humility through the minor leagues. where, by the way, I think the best baseball is played, but that's for another day but he's going through this. And I remember in one of the scenes, he comes into the locker room one day and he is just beaming all over his face, just full of excitement. And he looks at one of his teammates and he says, Brooksie, you know what's good about today? And Brooksie's like, it's Tuesday. And he goes, we get to play baseball. We get to play baseball today. And so he is so excited about being there and being able to play baseball essentially every day and how exciting it is, so much joy in his heart. So I think about that movie, I think about this morning, did you wake up today and was the, what was the conversation like in your house? I mean, did you say, kids, you know what's great about today or honey or, or mom or dad or to the dogs, you know what's great about today or even to God? Did you ask that question, what's great about today? I will tell you the answer I'm looking for is not it's Super Bowl Sunday (laughs) or that it's Groundhog Day. I mean, wouldn't it be great? Did you wake up today and say, you know what's great about today? And they said, what? And you said, we get to go to worship. We get to go to worship. We get to go to church. Was that the conversation in your house? Put a pin in that. See, on Sundays, sometimes I wake up much like you with much on my mind or fatigued from the week before, or I maybe have even turned the page and looked at the week ahead and with a heavy heart realize some of the difficult conversations or things that are going to happen. Or maybe sometimes I suffer from sort of a latent adolescent obstinance where I don't really want to go out of the house today. I want to stay home. And then Psalm 100 comes to mind. What Kate just read, and in that passage, I'm reminded about why we are to worship, how we're to worship, and it becomes a call for all of us as to how we are to enter this place. Evelyn Underhill, the theologian in her book, Worship, writes that worship is, in all of its grades and kinds, is the response of creation to the eternal and all of its greats and kinds, it is the response of creation to the eternal. And then she goes further to talk about the fact that all of creation praises God, that the animals and the plants and the birds, that they all praise God just by the way they live with their splendor of their petals and their coats and their feathers, or by their chirps and their roars, that they are in a constant state of praising God. But that we, humanity, Worship is a conscious choice for us. We've been given a gift that we get to choose that we get to think about worship. That worship becomes an action on our part. We're unique in that way, and so worship has a very special meaning for us. I mean, with worship, we make a choice, don't we, to pause life, to call sort of a time out and let the world stop, and we get to praise God in that moment. We get to come into worship and we approach God with awe and reverence, with praise and with thanksgiving. We get all of that. We come to have our hearts transformed. It is worship that unites us as children of God and fills our hearts and sends us forth to live out our faith. It is worship that makes us unique as a people. We celebrate what God has given us. Now, you may be shocked by this, but I get a lot of emails, usually from consultants and leadership groups and this kind of thing, and they all have white papers and research and polls that they wanna share. And I don't know, you probably get this in your work as well and in your life, but for me, what happens with these is we begin to read through these. And so here's what I've learned this week. Now, now hang on here. So scholars and pollsters and researchers have completed all this research and here's what they've told us. Over the last 20 years, worship attendance patterns have changed. I mean, we needed that kind of research. I mean, all I gotta do is look around, right? I mean, look at each other. Sometimes you see people sitting on your pew today. You may not see them for another month, right? Our lives have gotten busy. Our lives have changed. All we got to think about is business travel and sports and work and the activities of life. And we find ourselves really busy. And so sometimes what happens is that we find that we get out of the habit of worshiping regularly. But see, that doesn't have to be a reality for us, does it? Because worship for us is an intentional act. It's a chance for us to stop the clock, to take a time out, And to give praise. It's a response for us to the divine. I get it. Life is really messy sometimes. Our calendars are really full. Sometimes we have travel sports or work or those kinds of things. And so sometimes we're not able to be here in this place on a Sunday morning. But the great thing about worship at Centenary is on Sunday, if you're normally in the 11 o'clock service, but you've got an obligation at noon, you could come at 9 or at 8.30. Or even if you are traveling and you're not going to be able to be here, you could tune in by live stream. I mean, we've seen numbers where our live stream attendance is up 25% over last year. I mean, some of you even tell me like, hey, we're not going to be here next week. We're going to be driving to the beach, but don't worry. We're going to be live streaming you. Now, I hope that what that means is that it's on in the car and the co-pilot is watching and the driver is driving and listening. That, don't tell me otherwise. But that's what I hope is happening. But that's really it is. But if Sunday doesn't work because life is too busy, we've got Wednesday night. So between Sunday morning and Wednesday night live stream and multiple services, if that doesn't work, we can still call that time out and we can worship by tuning in later in the week, whether a service has been recorded online. So we have these ideas and these opportunities because we make a choice when we worship to give thanks to God. We make a choice to stop the clock in our lives and just listen to God. Just be together and give thanks. You know, this dream that I have that we will fill our sanctuary to the rafters and at 80% capacity or more, That may or may not happen depending on how well we talk about our church and share the message. But the reality is that our worship can be beyond just this place in this time. We can share it with each other with all of these tools and opportunities. Because when we worship, when we call that time out in life, we take a pause on the busyness of the world. We draw ourselves closer to God in that hour of prayer. Several years ago, I was leading a mission trip to Jamaica, a building team, where we were pouring the floor of a sanctuary that had been damaged by a hurricane. And so when it came time for worship, we worshiped down the hill in the elementary school. And so as we gathered together, a team from North Carolina and uh, the the community there in uh, Mount Hannah in the Queen Anne's Parish uh, right there, we were sitting there in worship. And the greatest thing about it was we started to sing Amazing Grace. Now, what's interesting about it is the only accompaniment was an electric guitar. And I don't know what he was playing, but I can tell you it is no rendition of Amazing Grace. I think he just was playing the guitar because he had one song that he could play. So he's playing it at a pretty good volume. And we're singing Amazing Grace in three different keys and four different pitches. I mean you all in the choir, it would make your ears bleed. But for the rest of us, it was beautiful. It was heavenly. And so, you know, this was a really big deal. And as I listened to us singing together, I realized this might be what heaven would sound like in terms of just this cacophony of holy noise and praise. You had Jamaican accents. And then in the mingle with that, you had the North Carolina accents. I mean, we had Davidson County, Burke County, And Mecklenburg County, those are three distinct accents. If you don't know what I'm talking about, spend some time in each one of them, very different. And then in the midst of that, there was one couple that transplanted from Ohio, but in all of it, God's name was lifted up in praise. Heartfelt praise for what God was doing in our lives. And so I think about what the psalmist says, shout to the Lord, all the earth, worship God with gladness, enter the gates with thanks and praise. You see, that's how it should be when we come into worship, that we shout to the Lord all the earth. We worship with gladness, entering the door with thanks and praise. And so when we get caught up in the moment, we're praising God. It's sort of like the world just doesn't matter. Now, one of the joys of sitting up here sort of in the catbird seat is that I get to watch you as you get to watch us too. But I get to watch you and I get to see your faces in worship. I get to see things that happen that you don't get to see because something happens behind you. A couple months ago, during the final hymns, we're standing here singing towards the back of the sanctuary. uh, One of our children sort of busted free from her mom and dad, and she is in the middle of the aisle, caught up in the moment and in the song, and she is just twirling. She is having a moment to herself, and it was absolutely precious because at that moment in time, she was praising God and oblivious to the rest of us. And that's okay. Because that's what God calls us to do, to sing praises with all of our lives. A few weeks ago when the choir sang the canticle and they kind of came out here and they were singing on the steps and on the front here. And there was this moment in time where I watched the choir because now we could see them. They almost, I mean the music was beautiful and it was just moving. They almost got into the sway. I mean I could see that they were really working against it. They almost got into it. And then at the end of it, I mean, they started clapping. You started clapping. And then when they finished, you all did the thing that we just don't do a lot of. You burst forth in applause. And it wasn't because the choir had done beautifully. I mean, they had, but they do beautifully every week. You burst forth in praise because it was just where the spirit moved us. So when we enter God's gates. We take time to intentionally worship. We shouldn't enter with that kind of joy that we let the spirit move us however it might be. I have this dream that we come in here into worship with awe and respect and reverence, but with this sense of praise that when we go through the liturgy, that it's not just words on the page, but that we read them and internalize them. When the pastoral prayer is given, that we don't just sort of sit there and tune out, but we listen to what's being prayed and we prayed it with a heaviness of our own hearts. That when we sing together hymns, that we fill the room with our voices. Because when we sit up, when we're up here and we're singing the hymns out, we can tell when you join in with us because this room fills with a different sound. And it begins to, in a sense, rattle the rafters, if you will, that the sound just happens to spill out of this place and all the world knows that this church is alive and full of God's spirit. But what else is the world fills the joy of that praise. That's the dream that I have for us, that we share that with the world. Several years ago, I went to a conference led by one of these contemporary big box churches. I went there to kind of see what it was they were doing, sort of learn how they did their, how they did worship, how they did leadership, how they did their program, just to see if there was a a new trick to pick up. And so I went and they had one of their worship services and I went to observe and report. I wasn't going to get caught up in worship. I was going to be an observer and I was going to take notes, almost like an academic exercise but what happened was, as the worship service began to start, I found myself caught up in it. No longer was I sort of taking notes, but I was, I was pulled into it, as worship should do, pull us in. But what I realized is that worship begins this connection, It's this thing that worship connects our lives. It's not just a box to be checked on the list. So maybe you got up this morning and said, honey, what have we got to do today? And it was like, well, we're going to go to church, and then there's lunch, laundry, the grocery store, wash the cat, oh, and the Super Bowl. I mean, this is not something, this here, this hour, is not something to just check off the list. This is the golden hour of the week for us, where our hearts are filled, where we sing our praises, where God speaks to us. And so what i began to realize is that what I want and what we want as a staff is worship to be this heart-changing, life-changing, focused event. And so no matter what style of worship that we have, whether it's any of our worship services here, if we ever create something new, our goal is that worship should be about changing hearts, our hearts, to what God wants for us. So, we sort of have this sort of as our focus and how we do things around here. And uh, several weeks ago, I ran into somebody at the grocery store and they said, Oh my gosh, Sunday's worship was amazing. Now, when you all run into me in the grocery store and you tell me stuff like this, I mean, I just, I mean, it just makes me happy. But they said, This was the line. They said, Worship was so wonderful. It was almost like you all planned everything to go together. I mean, I want you all to know, we really do. I mean, we're intentional about where we put things. Jonathan and and the rest of the worship team and I, we don't sit there and go, hey, uh, what do you want to sing this week? I don't know. That looks good. We don't do that. I mean, there's an intentionality to it because worship matters. And our dream is that our worship services will open all of us up so that God speaks to us changes our hearts so that we can go out and change the world into the kingdom of heaven. In just a few minutes, we will gather here at the Lord's table. And as we do so, what I hope and pray is that as we go through the liturgy, as we read the liturgy, as it is read, that we just listen to it. We hear it deeply in our hearts and our souls, and we give praise that we are in awe of the giver of life and that what God has provided for each of us and we give thanks for that. That as we come and we receive God's gift of love, that we cannot help but be changed because of God's love for you and for me. But what I really hope is at the end of this hour that our hearts are so moved that next week, seven days from now, when we rise in the morning and we say, do you know what's great about today? That the answer in our households is, We get to go to worship and we get to shout to the Lord for all the earth to hear. We get to enter God's gates with praise and gladness for God's love endures forever for you and me and all of creation. Amen and amen.